Yeah, it's kind of the same for me. Once it was actually fourth grade when I started having thoughts, but I kind of repressed them because I lived in a family where like, I don't know, those kinds of like, I don't know, family guy makes fun of like homosexual people a lot and trans people a lot. And I just thought that maybe I should just stay in the box and not come out. And um, sometimes I still wish I'd... <laughs> well, same thing, basically. Um, yeah. Um, I just, I do have a lot of support, but it's, it's like hot and cold. Like, I, I think some people think I am doing what I'm doing for attention, but the truth is I really, really would rather not be this way. Um, and, cause, and I really don't like attention. I honestly go out of my way to avoid it, but I feel like no matter what I do, people are just paying attention to me. So I might as well just do what I'm going to do anyways. Um, yeah, and then I go home and I'm like, oh, yes, everyone's watching me. And then I jack off in the mirror and I totally love my body. And I'm not like, I don't have any unhealthy feelings about myself ever. And I just love myself 100% of the time. <laughs> If only. So, yeah, there's this um, older gentleman, I won't say the age, that, um, uh, I don't know, it's very gender affirming because he's gay. And, like, I don't know, like, I am a, I, I've come to the conclusion that, like, I'm not, like, I'm gender nonconforming, you know that, like, and my pronouns are she, they. But, like, I still get he sometimes from, like, the, fa the phase of my life where I thought it was just, like, straight-up trans. Um, which, to be honest, was... <laughs> Harper, you know about her. <laughs> you know all about her. Uh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't go too far, but she's true scum. You know what true scum is? And she's scum. Yeah, okay, true scum is somebody who does not believe, basically, that non-binary people or the like exists. You can either be male to female or female to male, and there's no in-between. And you have to choose one side or the other. And so I was like, I'm such a masculine person, right? I must just be a dude then. And she really pushed these radical beliefs into my brain to the point where it's like, I almost became her. Like, she consumed me, and I was her. And it was like, I, I never want to feel that way again. But now, the more I'm away from her influence, the more I'm like, no, I am gender nonconforming, and I like I like she they pronouns. Like, I don't I don't need to be anything to fit in for anybody else. Hugely, hugely. Say a thing or two about um banging anybody you like. It's not it's not. After a while, it gets like kind of lonely. Like I. <laughs> I mean, I have a really nice body, and I have a really nice sense of style, and, and, <laughs> yeah, you do, and, like, I can, I'm pretty charming and attractive, and it's nice to, it's nice to know that if I, if I ever want to click fuck, like, okay, it's, it's there, but it's, like, I'm so tired of it at this point, like, I, I want, it comes in waves, I like, being single it's nice i have the freedom to do and be whatever i really want i i um i recently had like a weak relationship that ended pretty badly and it just reminded me of like there's a lot of freedoms with being sing single and it's just 
sometimes it does get lonely. Yeah, that's what happened to me in my last relationship. I am, um, and it's for me, it's not because I'm, I'm, it's not because, it's not because of like never being in a relationship like you. It's because I've been in too many and none of them worked out. 100% of my relationships didn't work out. And I'm coming to this point in my life where it's like I can stand strong on my own and maybe one day a companion will come along that like suits me, but I'm not looking. Yeah, because like so many people have been in like relationship after relationship and they kind of get it, right? They know what they're supposed to do for their partner and what role they're supposed to play. But when you haven't been in a lot of committed relationships, you're kind of at a loss. You're like, what am I supposed to be for this person? Am, am I off base? <laughs> up, down, up, down, uh, left, right, left, right, V, V, A start or B, A start? Yeah, try that. So talk to me about D&D. You still doing D&D? Transported. I know a little thing or two about transporting because <laughs> I put the trans in transit. I, know, I never said that. Delete that. I know, but once you embrace your cringe, then you're truly free. <laughs> Have you not embraced your cringe, Nady? Yeah, because you want dads to bang you. Poor shame, poor shame. All right, continue on about your campaign of the crypt of the necrodancer. <laughs> oh, damn. I have no thing or two about committing not a lie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> Cringe. Yeah, it sounds like fun. I really miss D&D. I, I, um, I've been trying to find someone I can play with, but the problem is, is I'm just so busy with school right now that it's like, it's like how, uh, how much further until you get your, wait, are you still working on your AA or your BA? And you're playing two D&D campaigns? What the heck? What the heck are... You are insane. Wow. Yeah. As soon as I get my AA, I'm taking a break. I earned this AA. I fought for it. Because, like, you, you could probably tell that, like, Harper was a bit of an emotional terrorist. Um, she, she frequently threatened to, like, hurt people I cared about. And when I would fight her and tell her that that stuff wasn't okay, she would, like, scream at me. And so I'm sitting there in my Zoom meetings, like, <laughs> during my, like, remote learning classes and courses. And she's sitting there screaming at me, and I'm just, like, trying to listen. And when the teacher asks me a question, I'm like, oh, no, I have to turn my mic on. And, like, of course, like, in my math class that I was taking the very first semester I got together with her, like... And the whole reason I even got together with her is because she told me, she's like, hey, I'll give you a safe place to come out, you know, because I, I was really, really embarrassed of who I really was. I was ashamed of it. And she told me that, I mean, she basically led bond me. She is a narcissist. I um, have no doubt about it. Um, she loved bond me. And like, there were moments that were good, actually lots of good moments, and that's what made it so hard for me, is to wrap my head around the fact that, okay, people who are evil can be really 
cool sometimes. There are moments where they can be cool. And that's what made it so hard for me to, like, separate facts from fiction and, like, always try to advocate for her and, and make excuses and justify her abuse and rationalizing this abusive situation that she really, really fucked with me. And I have no idea how I got through school. I don't know how I'm still doing it because I've been through so much trauma that it's like, how, how did I not drop out? I went in and I was like, yeah, yeah, because like you give them that inch, they take a mile. You, you teach them that, hey, you can get okay away with doing this to me. Uh, like, she took advantage of my naivety, my naivety. Um, and honestly, I'm really glad that what happened happened in a way because I wouldn't trade the pain and the suffering and the trauma for everything I learned. I came out of that situation way stronger. And, you know, I, uh, yes, yes. Um, sorry if you can hear a bunch of sounds in the back. By the way, I'm walking in the, in the dark back home. Thank goodness I have a handgun now. You know, the only reason, okay. I think my family is afraid that I own a gun because I'm a little bit mentally unstable, but literally it's empty and on like not even loaded and it's always I I think it's fair. Honestly, Yeah. Uh I Yes. But their context is this, like, kid that used to try to fucking kill themselves all the time. And they don't understand that that's not who I am anymore. It really was just a phase, and I'm over it, over it, over it. I have an obligation to stay alive for my family. Why the fuck do you think I own a gun? Not to hurt myself, but to hurt anybody who tries to put their hands on me again. God, Jesus Christ, do you think my family can afford that? God, no. Yeah, but I just... I'm really tired of people, like, thinking that I, I'm the person I used to be. And, like I said a second ago, it's like, it's completely fair. Because if you do something repetitively over and over and over again... Is, doesn't it make sense for someone to lose a little faith in you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, you're saying you're doing good. You're saying you're better. You're saying you're not going to traumatize anybody anymore. But, like, you already traumatized the people around you so much. Like, what do you expect them to do? Just trust you when you say you're not suicidal anymore? Have you ever... Okay, have you ever tried? You're only 14, yeah. How are you supposed to know that you are having a near-death experience? That's so young. That's so young. And you couldn't breathe the whole three-hour drive? Oh, like a CPAP, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Mo I've, had, I've had some pretty terrible fevers. At 14 years old, they had to cut you open. That's traumatizing. That's traumatic. <laughs> Same. So, before that experience, 
and, and comparing yourself before that experience and after that experience, how do you think it changed you as a person? Do you think there's anything you could have done to prevent that attack? I isolated myself a lot of my childhood too. But I think it's because mom and dad fought a lot and I just didn't want to leave my bedroom. I encased myself in the shell of my bedroom. Oh, okay. Does the phrase, um, it's alive, mean anything to you? Every fucking time I left my room, every time I left my room, ah, it's alive. What? Okay, I'm going back in my room and I'm never coming out. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. That shit makes me want to go back in my room. Back in the closet, back in the box. Okay, I'm all ears. I, my parents sometimes thought I was faking my plantar fasciitis, which is like really intense feet pain. <gasps> in my eyes, I still think that's kind of abuse. Like my, my folks spanked me and um, I don't think you should do it to your kids. I've forgiven them for all that a long time ago, but I won't do it if I have five kids. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame someone for using the tools that they had at the time. That they found out you weren't just sleeping in, that it was an actual medical disorder. Like, I would walk home trailing a long time behind my two bigger sisters, and I would get spanked for that shit. But the real reason I was walking so slow is because my feet hurt so bad. <laughs> my condition. Okay, all right, all right. Sorry. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, yeah, you would if I gave you the chance to, and you fucking know it. <laughs> I love my sisters, too. Sibling rivalry, you know. <laughs> no. Shit, did they give you, did, did you get like, did that do, what did that do to your skin? Oh my god, I think I got kidnapped. I would think I had gotten, <sighs> well, I finally made it home, and I want to close it off, off this episode with, um, with just like, I don't know if you have anything you want to plug or whatever, because I don't know what you're up to, but, I guess, what advice would you give to people who are dealing with trauma still as adults um, after they have... Yeah, I recommend the Trevor Project. They've saved my life. I, I, like, I'm not suicidal anymore, but sometimes I get... I, I start to spiral, and that's like... I know that a spiral can lead to suicidal ideation for me. And so as soon as I start spiraling, I dial the Trevor Project. But... Yes, it is. Yes, yes it's, it's a, there are abundant resources. You just have to, you know, just have to look and know where to look. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Nate. I hope I can see you around town soon and that you have a wonderful rest of your night.